Welcome to the Young Money Diet podcast. As always, we're going to start with a hot take, and this is a little bit of a conventional cliche hot take, but I think it's worthwhile for the nature of today's episode. Now, people are hired more based on their network and who they know, opposed to merit. And that's the sad reality of the world we live in today is hmm. you need a social presence on social media and you need a strong network. The merit is less so important because I think most companies are under the the understanding that people can learn whatever the task is at hand. Mm -hmm. They want to just know if you are the right individual that's going to fit the culture or you already have a foot in the door. I that's know, my I, hot take. I, I like that. I think that's, uh, that's just unfortunate, the reality of the situation today. And I think a lot of speci specifically tech companies, Raj, so Microsoft, Google, Facebook, a lot of them have even removed a bachelor's education as part of their quality, like, you know, prerequisites to be able to apply for the job, which is still not cannot be said in our industry. Like we're still kind of like, oh, like there is a barrier of entry in terms of education. But uh, tech is obviously at the forefront. They're moving the needle. And then I'm sure other industries will follow through shortly. So it's really, really important that we start investing in our network. We make sure that we have some level of like personal brand and presence. And it's soon, soon enough, I believe, Raj, we're, we talked about this. We're going to do an episode on personal brand and hopefully how we have been trying to learn and grow that as well. So having said that, let's just uh, talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is an episode we wanted to always have called Ask Not, Have Not. And what yeah. we mean by that is, you know, basically Wayne Gretzky said it the best. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So be upfront, be intentional, be communicative and articulate about what is it that you want and ask for it. Asking for it is a very, very important thing. We're going to cover two sort of general areas today. Uh, number one being how can we ask for things with respect to our career? And then the second flip side of that is how can we ask for things when we network? Because that's an that's an area a lot of people are apprehensive on. It's kind of you know awkward. It's not always easy to approach people. So we can talk about some of the approaches that have worked for us, Raj. So why don't yeah. you start us off on the career side of things? Yeah, so Ask Not, Have Not, I coined that to Gokul Ramachandran, an awesome mentor well, that, that I yeah. had in my previous role and I continue to have throughout my career. And what does that mean, those four simple words? It's essentially just, and Akash mentioned this on his forum as well, is just being fearless and being confident. And mm -hmm. definitely we can get into the fine line between confidence and arrogance. But for me... I've always just been very forefront in my career and my life on what is it that I want. In a sense, you could call it selfish, but I'll give an example. So when I was a student at Shell, I'm a mechanical engineer. I saw the benefit of what the process engineering team was working on, um, just different sides of the business, different sides of the coin, um, and different benefits in terms of longevity for a career. And all I did was I, on my last week at, the, at Shell as an intern, I went and found the hiring manager um, and the process engineering manager at the time. And I just said, hey, I'm a mechanical engineer. This is who I am. I see the benefit of the work that your team is working on. Is it a possibility that me as a mechanical could come join the process team? And he said, oh, right. no one, no one from the mechanical side has ever asked me that. It's not conventional, but let me think about it. Let me look into it. And then when I went back to school, I had just probed them 
and uh, enough times, I don't know if I got annoying, but <laughs> eventually um, Alan Luck said, you know what? Yeah, there's a spot. We'll we'll give it a shot and we'll see how it works out. You'll be you'll be the guinea pig to see if this works out. Absolutely. And uh, you know, people had asked me, "Oh, like that's such a that unique opportunity. How did you get this opportunity?" And honestly, it's not that I was better than anybody else. I had just simply asked. That's crazy, man. I I think there was a person that had a TED talk once, and we'll try to link it up. And their entire pitch of the TED talk was how how ask for things like so extreme that they wanted to get used to being rejected. And the first few times they asked for crazy things, it was just like he got caught off guard that people actually started complying. Like he would go up to people and say, hey, man, can I borrow 50 bucks that a stranger that he has never met before? And the stranger at some point was like, okay. And then this gave him 50 bucks. He would go to Tim Hortons and say, hey, can I have donuts in the shape of the Olympic rings? And Tim Hortons is like, what? are you even talking about? And then, you know what? Soon enough, some lady went in the back and baked some donuts in the shape of Olympic rings. So it, it just, like asking for things, is just a such a powerful concept. And, and to piggyback off of you, I think for my career, and we've both had pretty short careers so far, so it's not like we have had some long, illustrious place. But one thing I was sort of uncompromising on from day one is our, uh, I'm in an engineering team that's internal to the company, and it's fully based out of Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. And I've always been sort of very upfront with my intentions about spending the early part of my career in Edmonton, Alberta. That's where I want to be geolocated to. And I just kept reinforcing that over and over and over and over again until like just they have just sort of internalized it and they have accepted, you know what, that's how it's going to be. And just because no one had done it before, they all used to be in the same place, all used to be in the same room. They're starting to see the benefit of, hey, it actually makes sense to have somewhat of a decentralized culture. We're still on the same team. We're on the same page. But these people, like I can get to the Western facilities quicker. I'm closer to the action here. And now we're sort of using that model to do the same thing in Quebec, to the same thing in the East. And it's only because I've been asking for this forever. And just because that's something that hasn't happened before doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. Yeah. And another important thing, I think it's overlooked in networking or something to consider is it's always got to be a two-way relationship. Um, You can't always just be asking and asking. First, you need to know what the scale of of your ask is and what that means. So, for example, I'm not giving the green light to new grads to say, hey, I want to be the general manager and all I have to do is ask. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's going to come off uh really poorly right so there's the fine line between confidence and arrogant you have to be confident in your own capabilities and you need to have a proven track record Mm -hmm. to be capable to ask to take on a different opportunity or ask to be part of a different project you need to kind of have what you're doing already under wraps um and organized, right? Because you don't want, as as a leader, you don't want one of your team members to be asking to take on more or do more, spending different time, um, getting to know different individuals if they right. don't have their stuff already together Figured and they're out. already progressing and autonomous. Mm-hmm. But um, the one thing with the two-way street, and I'll give an example of a good friend of ours, Janae. Yeah. And um, just this is kind of the overarching, you never know how some small moment in life changes the trajectory of your career or your life. And you never know what somebody can do for you or you can do for somebody regardless of where they are in life. So um, back when Janae, or sorry, Wasif and I had just earlier met as well. We weren't that close yet. 
Yeah. Um, there was a girl in our class, and we noticed she had dropped her coffee or hot chocolate, whatever she was drinking. And so Wasif and I just said, hey, let's rock, paper, scissors. And the winner has to just rebuy this random girl a coffee from Starbucks. We, we had never talked to this individual before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely took a little bit of courage. And just by small fate, I think I had won, and I said, yeah, I'll do it. And I bought um, this girl whose name is Janae, and she's become really good friends with us Very, now. very good friend of ours for now. Um, I bought her a coffee, and you know, she's, she had actually said later on, reflecting on this moment, that that small two-minute exchange turned her terrible day into a great day. Mm-hmm. And... You know, fast forwarding, building on to that relationship, Janae and I have become really good friends. She was a bridesmaid at my wedding. Mm -hmm. And she actually is one huge major component of why I got my first role at Shell um, later on. She had given me the courage to even just apply. She had helped me with the application process. And I wasn't going to apply at all. The deadline was the next day. And Mm -hmm. she had just pushed me saying, hey, I think you would be a good fit. I'll help you through the interview process, through the application process. And, you know, fast forward, must now. be five, six years from now. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope she feels that the relationship is is mutually beneficial. <laughs> but just something so small, you know, if, if Wasif and I hadn't recognized that somebody was having a, a bad day and something that cost me $4 and five minutes of my time um, yep. could completely changed my life. And I, I reflect on how small different relationships you never know where they're going to take you and that that's a that's what networking should be all about shouldn't just be hey wasif is going to go talk to the vp because he wants to get something something. out of that relationship right it's something a relationship that has to be fostered and then you can exploit those relationships at different times you never know you know wasif is now talking to an old friend from university who um, decided engineering wasn't for them and they've started a drywall company and you never know when drywall uh, needs are going to be needed for Wasifry, right? So you never know uh, with relationships like that. I, I love that because at the end of the day, you know, it, and a couple of things, I just want to give a little bit more context with respect to Shell and Janae. Janae had worked there one co-op term before, so she knew about the Shell culture. That's why she could help you. I just wanted to clarify that. Right. Um, yeah, but on that front, the, absolutely right. You hit it right on, which is basically the reason why networking always seems to be kind of awkward or difficult because there seems to be an inherent expectation of something. If you are able to remove the inherent expectation and just network for the information more so than anything, just like, hey, I would just like to get to know you, see what you're about, you would be surprised as to almost everyone I've ever met in my life, Raj, has had been better at multiple things than I have. And uh, just understanding what they're about, what what grinds their gears, what gets them out of bed, it's been nothing but fascinating. And I think one of the things we lose perspective on, because you and I sometimes are, are a victim of this too, or is we always think like, you know, you have to kind of network with people that are above you or ahead of you or, or something to that regards. I have learned just as much from networking from with my peers and sometimes even people that are further behind in timeline than me as in students. Because what happens is these are the people that are going to go to different areas or avenues of their life at some point in the future 
And mm -hmm. that's when you already have years of relationship with these people. It's not even about an exchange of X for Y. It's just a matter of, man, we've been just friends for such a long time. Things just happen organically. So the, yeah. the timing matters. So with respect to networking, there's a couple of things, again, ask not, have not that I want to talk about. Is I, and this works for me, I think it kind of works for you as well. I'm, I'm very upfront about what is it that I'm asking for. So whenever um, the two platforms we have used recently, LinkedIn is your number one staple. So if you want to get out, reach out to somebody, likely LinkedIn, especially on a professional setting, try to reach out to them on LinkedIn. If it's on a personal setting, it's like you're interested in their pottery uh, hobby or a coloring book, which was a previous guest like M. Potter, you can potentially reach out to their Twitter or social media for that. But career-wise, yeah. try to do LinkedIn. And I always go on, and it's someone that I don't know, someone that I don't have mutual connections with or circle, I will look at their page and actually tell them exactly what it is that landed me on that page. So if I'm looking for a professional soccer player who played in varsity soccer, and I like, you know, search varsity soccer on LinkedIn, and I want to figure out what they're about, then I will tell them that, hey, like XYZ, I came across your profile because I looked for varsity soccer, your profile seemed interesting to me because of one, two, and three. Is there any way we can connect? I'd love to get some insights. Yeah. Very, very, very upfront about it. I I definitely agree. So me, just in my short career, I do have now students reaching out to me um, and asking, hey, is can you give me some advice? How did you get into Shell? Do you have any overarching career advice? How can I break into a kind of a top oil and gas company or energy mm -hmm. company? Yes. I'm struggling. And the individuals that I respond to are ones that I can tell have taken the time to find out a little bit more about me or at least build some sort of connection. So yeah. if they have said, hey, I've spent time listening to your podcast and I thought XYZ is very interesting or I noticed you're in case competitions. Can can we talk about that? Rather than just saying, hey, my name is so-and-so. I see you work at Shell. I'm looking for some advice. I am I don't typically respond to those individuals. And you know, I'm not getting a message every single week from different people. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that I'm very popular, but I'm just reflecting on strategies that I've learned um, that I employ for individuals I aspire to be like or I want to learn from. Um, and then now I can see the flip side and see what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And um, so I don't know if you have any advice as well, but no, I think... I, I love that advice. So mutual common ground is what the easiest thing to build on. It's absolutely the easiest thing to build on. Start with the smallest possible thing you can do. So let's say for, if you want to reach out to Raj or I, like I want to say, you know, we are human beings at the end of the day and we all are egocentric and we all kind of feel good about ourselves. If someone comes and says, oh, we love your podcast, I'd be like, absolutely, let's talk, man. But that's just because we're humans, right. right? But you start at the smallest level, which could be like a podcast or you can talk about like, you know, I'm in the infrastructure industry, Raj, in oil and gas, how does our job work? To you just It's a concentric circle, so you just get bigger. If that doesn't work, then you can start talking about University of Alberta. If you and I went to the same school, if that doesn't work, you can like go above and say, okay, this is how this industry has affected me or how are the economic climate in Alberta. Always trying to find like a common thread that can connect both of you. Love that advice. On that similar note, like once connection is one thing and then if you have set up an interview, for example, right? We, we, you can talk to someone, learn something, they have given you your time, or even if it's not an interview, just they gave you an advice over a written form. I always like to follow up a month or two from then, specifically mm -hmm. if their advice has helped me in some way. 
same deal. Instead of ask not, I just basically tell them what it is. So if someone tells me I was looking for an advice to turn into a professional chess player, right? And then I'm talking to somebody and if they said, look, man, if you haven't started at your age three or four, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to become a grandmaster. I think instead of doing that, maybe you can like start a chess club in your work and then that's how you can progress your hobby. If yeah. I start a chess club at work, two months from now, I actually go back and tell them, hey, this person, thank you for this advice. It was actually very, very good. This is how I followed up on it. This is So if I have any further questions, I can ask them, even if I have no further question, I would like to tell them how their time has actually affected my course and then how I am appreciative and thankful for it. And I know yeah. you have a really neat like story about like this small token of appreciation that I think we can get into as well. Yeah, I, I want to echo what you mentioned about... Um just actually following through. So actions speak a 10x, 100x more than words. Yeah. And that is exactly how you foster a relationship. So if you are lucky enough to set up a one-on-one -on -one with somebody that you really aspire to be like or you want to learn from, and they recommend a certain book or they recommend certain things that they've done in their career, take notes during mm -hmm. that. And when you go to follow up, instead of asking for a follow up, um, you can you can then show something tangible. So let's Absolutely. say let's say you recommended even uh, a certain self help book. Even right. if you just read one or two chapters from it, it looks so good coming back to your mentor, mentee, um, or sorry, your mentor, whoever you're connecting to, stating, "Hey, like this is what we talked about last time. This is what I took away. This is what I reflected on. And here's how I'm going to use it to grow. And here's what I've done with it so far. Mm -hmm. Because that's what mentors get for a sense of fulfillment. Um, but another strategy just re <laughs> that I've uh, used in the past, because I really respect different individuals' time. And so I try to, to be unique and be rememberable as well. So it's always good to follow up and send a thank you. But to do it in a unique way is what's going to really make you stand out. So Definitely. what I like to do is I have handwritten thank you cards. I bought a hundred stack from Amazon. Right. Um, and I usually write something personal on there. I'll, I'll write something about the conversation or something that I've done since. Mm -hmm. And then I, I avoid, so I used to do gift cards and then I've, I've recognized that it's, it's very challenging because you don't know what somebody's time is worth and you don't want to, you know, maybe $5, looks too cheap but maybe fifty dollars or a hundred dollars looks like you're trying too hard it's also so, not personal yes and it's not personal and so what i do now is i will put uh, a silver coin uh there's some that i really like there's some with caribou caribou and cougars and different unique coins that's from you know, Royal canadian me... mint i'm guessing or like yeah. you just go to costco yeah okay yeah, there's different places you can buy them, and they cost you between 25, 30 US dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's something very unique because, you know, not a lot of people receive a, a small little gift like that. You know, it's not going to break the bank for you, and it's not going to be yeah. an immediate, oh, they gave me a $10 gift card, right? It has less of that monetary stigma mm -hmm. um, and something that's very memorable. So it's always important to recognize if you're asking for somebody's time to, to make it worthwhile for them, not only by employing some of the advice that they're giving you, but also giving some sort of small token of appreciation, even just a handwritten thank you card. And what I do is, um, I don't want to beat this point to death, but obviously I don't know people's personal addresses. So right. I'll usually just write them to the, com address it to them, uh, to the company that they work at. So make sure yeah, that you know the office. Yes, yeah. their office address. That That's a way to do it that 
you know, you're not asking for their personal home address, but. Oh, definitely. I, the something <laughs> I want to very quickly mention, there's two things we're going to mention and hopefully we wrap this episode up. So number one, I, I love that uh, token of appreciation that we talked about. And it, like I said, if you're a student, honestly, uh, my recommendation would be don't even buy anything. Don't spend any money. But what you should do is do a handwritten thank you note. The, the, the difference between handwritten and sending something out is handwritten takes time. And human beings have a hormone that basically makes sure that we preferentially treat people that have put time or effort into doing something for us. So we are already pre-wired. Like if you send me a thank you note that has a handwritten thing on it, that I would just look at it and be like, oh, this guy spent like some time crafting mm -hmm. this note and I'm already predisposed to sort of liking you. That's like a psychological or social neuro, neuroscientical, neuroscientifical uh, bias that we have. Second thing I want to mention on the networking front is if you do connect with someone and then you actually, you know, have a great chemistry, you love talking to them, that person at the end of the session or at the end of your whatever, like your chat, always let them know, hey, is there someone that you can think of that I would enjoy meeting that you would like me to get in touch with? Always mm. ask them because they will likely have other like-minded individuals that they're connected to and they might be able to place you one person with your set of interest better than you even know. And you don't even mm. know what their network looks like. Those yeah. are the easiest connections to make because the mutual, the common ground is the person in the middle that recommended it. So those yeah. connections become fruitful. Those connections become easy. All the social awkwardness kind of goes out of the way and it becomes on autopilot. Um, One resource I want to mention, something I'm trying to reflect on and try to use in my own personal career in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and it's worth noting. So it was a partner from BCG. I will coin her name. I can't remember her name um, to this. But she calls it the power of five for your networks. And I, so you want to have uh, a mentor, mentee within these five categories. So you want an industry domain expert. Mm -hmm. You want a sponsor. You want a confidant. You want an opposite. And you want a mentee. So just really briefly, yeah. so an industry domain expert, that's somebody who's going to help you within your career. Mm -hmm. So if you're in infrastructure, you want somebody that's been there for a long time that has those key insights. Right. Sponsors is somebody who believes in you and is willing to take a risk on you, uh, regardless of the industry. Let's say it starts in infrastructure when they move to tech. They right. know your capabilities. They're kind of a, a sponsor. They will say, hey, I'm going to up, up going up to bat for Wasif. Mm -hmm. uh, a, Confidant, those are really important. Um, you want somebody you can trust 100%. You can bounce crazy ideas off within or outside of your company. Yeah. You have to be very careful if you're at work and you're you're thinking about quitting and moving on. Right. Um, so those confidants are people that, that you really want to have in your back pocket. Um, opposites, that's really important to expand your horizon. Somebody that's totally left field. Um, because they're going to have insights and, and things that you don't see and then vice versa as well. Perfect. And then the mentee, you know, as we get older as well, it's, I see the fulfillment and, and some of the, the benefits of even having a mentee with that fresh perspective. And, and, you know, we see things changing in social media. We see things that are developing that we, you know, only being out of school for three years, how rapidly we're, we're it's changed. We're already behind on. Yeah. 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 So, so actually, so I'm just going to wrap up the episode, but there's two things I really, really want to highlight because I, I love that you brought it up. Two specific points. Number one, sponsor. Number two, mentee. The alcoholic 
um, you know, anonymous program where they kind of go in together and they work together to make sure that people who want to stay sober remains to be sober. And they usually give out like six month tokens, one year token, five year token, 20 year token. So they have had many, many, many research studies done on them to make sure like just to look into why they are as successful as they are. Two huge steps. They always have a sponsor who mm -hmm. just believes in you. They can take your call day and night, whenever that might be, just believes in the fact that your ability to not drink. And then the other one is the num number 10 step, because I think it's a 10 step program. If you start taking charge of somebody else's sobriety, that's mm. when the game changes. Once you and I start becoming somebody else's mentor, that's when really we will be a better mentee ourselves, because you understand the relationship from the flip side of the table. But anyways, Raj, always, uh, always a pleasure to have this conversation, man. And I think we can wrap it up right here. So for our listeners, remember to stay hungry. And stay humble. Catch you later.